Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Nice to have you with us. It's the 1st of July, and we are moving into our rainy season. It's about at 80 degrees, I would say, outside right now. I always forget to check it. Let me look. It is a nice and comfortable 82. Partly overcast, supposed to be partly partly sunny today. Not, not even have any rain in the forecast. I guess that forecast moved on. No, there's forecast. 70, 50% chance. We shall see how that works out. So, we are in, as you can see, Psalm 98 and 99, 2 Samuel 24, 1 Chronicles 21. But before we jump over there, I thought we would look into this day in history. <laughs> Here we go. First TV commercial, July 1st, 1941. And the world has never been the same. It was in, of course, New York, WNBT, 10-second commercial for Boulevard Watches. And it's never stopped since. Tacoma Bridge Collapse, July 1st, 1940, the famous bridge collapse in Tacoma. There's seen some interesting documentaries on that. First Olympics held in the U.S. in 1904. Most people didn't show up because the cost of traveling to the United States was too expensive. Spanish-American War, the charge of San Juan Hill, 1898 on this date. Future President Theodore Roosevelt and his Rough Riders wage their victorious war. And hmm, There's all kinds of stuff. First zoo opened up on this date, 1874 in Philadelphia. The admission was 25 cents, housed 1,000 animals. Wow. And the Battle of Gettysburg, July 1st, 1863. And the battle ended on July 3rd. Therefore, they celebrate July 4th as the Day of Independence, I guess. And zip code began on this day, 1963, as well as Medicare, 1966. Tons of stuff. Income tax withholding, July 1st, 1943, goes into effect where the employers are required to collect taxes from their employees as they're paid. Hmm. Well, with that, we need a bit of humor here. Why do scuba divers roll off the back of the boat? Well, that's easy. Because if they rolled forward, they would go into the boat. That one caught me off guard. I was thinking of something else. That was actually on the, this day in history. I'm going to look over to the dad jokes page here. Um, why do astronauts use Linux? Because they can't open windows in space. <laughs> and how about this one? Um, did you hear the joke about the, the wandering nun? She was a Roman Catholic. <laughs> There's a good Christian dad joke there. Okay, let's look over to the reading today. If you will turn over there, please. I'll get my myself set up. And we will start into Psalm 98. Thank you, God. Bring us into your, your mindset, God, as we read this. Help us to 
to understand, at least the things you want us to see. Open up our spiritual eyes and give us this, um, this insight now as we look into your word. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we are going to look into 98 here. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wonderful things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained the victory for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his loving kindness and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Break forth and sing for joy and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Shout joyfully before the king, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Psalm 99. Praise to the Lord and to his fidelity to Israel. The Lord reigns. Let the peoples tremble. He's enthroned above the cherubim. Let the earth shake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted above all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he. The strength of the king loves justice. You have established equity. You have executed judgment and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. Holy is he. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. And Samuel was among those who called on his name. And called upon the Lord and he answered them. He spoke to them in the pillar of cloud, kept his testimonies and the statute that he gave them. O Lord our God, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them. And yet, an avenger of the evil deeds, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill. For holy is the Lord our God. Beautiful examples of God's meditation of a, of a person like David, could have written these, a psalmist, who wants to think about the nature of his God and how God is fair and that God is not the wrathful, vengeful, mean God that we hear about from the world that says, how can you follow a God that's of the Old Testament that makes war and destroys people? We serve a God of equity. We serve a God who is both holy and loving and righteous at the same time. And the psalmist knew it. David knew it. And they saw difficulties and struggles in their life much greater than most of us have ever seen in our life. And that they were still grateful for the grace of God. And they didn't even know the cross yet. So we have much to be thankful for. Second Samuel 24. Now again, the anger of the Lord burned against Israel. And it incited David against them to say, Go, number Israel and Judah. The king said to Joab, the commander of the army who was with him, Go about now throughout all the tribes of Israel from Dan to Beersheba, 
and register the people, that I may know the number of the people. But Joab said to the king, Now may the Lord your God add to the people a hundred times as many as they are, while the eyes of my lord the king still see. But why does my lord the king delight in this thing? Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab and against the commanders of the army. So Joab and the commanders of the army went out from the presence of the king to register the people of Israel. Now they crossed the Jordan and camped at Arar on the right side of the city. That is in the middle of the valley of Gad and the tower of Jezer. When they came to Gilead and to the land of Tatim, Hodshi, and they came to Dan Jan around to Sidon, and they came to the fortress of Tyre and to all the cities of the Hivites and to the Canaanites, and they went out to the south of Judah to Beersheba. And when they had gone about through the whole land, they came to Jerusalem at the end of nine months and twenty days. And Joab gave the number of the registration of the people to the king. And there were in Israel eight hundred thousand valiant men who drew the sword, the men of Judah with five hundred thousand men. Now David's heart was troubled after he had numbered the people. So David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. But now, O Lord, please take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have acted very foolishly. When David arose in the morning, the word came to David's prophet Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and speak to David. Thus the Lord says, I am offering you three things. Choose for yourself one of them, which I will do to you. So Gad came to David and told him and said to him, Shall seven years of famine come to you in the land? Or will you flee three months before your foes while they pursue you? Or shall there be three days pestilence on your land? Now consider and see what the answer I shall return to him who sent me. Then David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Let us now fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great. But do not let me fall into the hand of man. So the Lord sent pestilence upon Israel from the morning until the appointed time. Seventy thousand men of the people from Dan to Beersheba died when the Israel stretched out his hand towards Jerusalem to destroy it. And the Lord relented from the calamity and said to the angel who destroyed the people, It is enough. Now relax your hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite. Then David spoke to the Lord when he saw the angel who was striking down the people and said, Behold, it is I who have sinned and it is I who have done wrong. But these sheep, what have they done? Please let your hand be against me and against my father's house. Verse 18. So Gad came to David that day and said to him, Go up, erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite. David went up according to the word of Gad, just as the Lord had commanded. And Aruna looked down and saw the king and his servants crossing over towards him. And Aruna went out and bowed his face to the ground before the king. And Aruna said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor from you in order to build an altar to the Lord that the plague may be held back from the people. But Aruna said to David, Let my lord the king take and offer up what is good in his sight. Look, the oxen for the burnt offering and the threshing sledges and the oak for the oxen for the wood. Everything, O king, Aruna gives to the king. And Aruna said to the king, May the Lord your God accept you. However, the king said to Aruna, No, 
but I will surely buy it from you for a price, for I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God, which cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the auction for 50 shekels of silver. David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. Thus the Lord was moved by prayer for the land, and the plague was held back from Israel. You know, Joab had this bad habit of <laughs> disobeying his, his king and killing his son when he was told not to and um, going after David's new general who he had brought into the army, killing the man who killed his brother, all these things against the king's command. And yet the one time he should have disobeyed his king, he obeys him. Just, I mean, he should have just gone out and come back and said, oh, king, I couldn't get it. I couldn't do it because I knew I'd be sinning against God. Sorry. But he does. And God, again, why, why is all this happening? Why are we seeing any of this? Why was it a problem? Because to number the people was then to, for David was to say, how strong am I? against my enemies, instead of saying, how strong is my God against my enemies? God wanted David to rely on him and not his own strength. And there's lots of lots of um, application here for us. And um, I'm guilty of being David. We look at our problems that come out against us, and we always think, well, how, how strong am I against this situation? How can I deal with this? Can I overcome this situation? Instead of looking at our God and saying, God, this is something I know you can have victory over and you can fight this and gain the battle, gain the victory. So what God does, of course, is give him a a choice, which is, uh, could you ever imagine having such a difficult choice to make? And uh, I guess, you know, he wanted him to think about the whole issue. You're worried about how strong you are against your enemies? Well, then here's one of your choices. I'll put you to flight against your enemies. I'll let them overrun you. So you can see that trying to stand on your own against them will never work. I'll just, essentially, I think God was saying, I'll just take my hand off of you and your army, and and you'll see how strong you are against your enemies. Or you run a plague. And, of course, David says the most wise thing you could ever say. Lord, let me fall into your hand because your mercies are new every morning you might have mercy upon me where i know my fellow enemy man will not man is cruel he saw god even though god was going to judge him god he still saw god in in a light of grace much greater than he could ever receive from his enemies and so we see this horrible tragedy from david's sin your sin is never private we learn that that it affects other people david's sin costs the lives of seventy thousand people just a huge amount of people how does that work in, in the light of eternity, I don't know. I, I will find out when we get to heaven. What happened to those 70,000? God bring them right into the kingdom there with him? I'd like to think so. Were they judged according to their own sin? Each one individually, probably. But anyway, the reason, the logical reason was God says, okay, because you numbered the people I told you not to, now guess what I got to do, David? I got to kill off. I got to ch- change the whole thing. Uh, ruin your numbers. And so the plague goes throughout the land. And don't you know, David has no idea how many people died. It was going to take a long time, or it would have to be revealed to Gad the prophet. He would have to just know. But I don't believe, we know from the reading how many died, but I don't believe that David would have known. So David's back at square one. I don't have any idea how many of my soldiers died. 
I'll have to trust in God. I'll have to rely on God. If my enemies come against me, I'm not going to know how many soldiers I have. I have to rally them all. Interesting. So David falls upon God, and of course, then of course he makes this sacrifice to God. He does the he he repents, and that is the right thing. He immediately repents, but there's often consequences for our sin, even though we repent. There's often consequences. God did forgive him. He built an altar. He was humble, and uh, he offered up an offering, and God held back the rest of the plague. And of course, theologians will always mention here, don't ever underestimate the power of an angel. Just one angel here <laughs> wiped out 70,000 people. Pretty uh, outstanding, amazing. First Chronicles 21, then Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. Okay, I should have just read them both, give the commentary after, but again, um, Samuel and Chronicles mirror each other in so many instances so we get different nuances and different different sides of the story here. So David sent Joab to the princes of the people, go number Israel from Beersheba to Dan and bring me word that I may now know their number. Joab said, may the Lord add to his people a hundred times as many as they are, but my Lord the king, are not they all my Lord's servants? Why does my Lord seek this thing? Why should he be a cause of guilt to Israel? Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. Therefore, Joab departed and went throughout all Israel and came to Jerusalem. He gave the number of the census of all the people to David and all Israel were 1,100,000 men who drew the sword and Judah was 470,000 men who drew the sword, but he did not number Levi and Benjamin among them, for the king's command was abhorrent to Joab. God then was displeased with this thing and he struck Israel. David said to God, I have sinned greatly that I have done this thing, but now please take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. The Lord said to Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and speak to David, saying, Thus says the Lord, I will offer you three things. Choose for yourself one of them, which I will do to you. So Gad came to David and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Take for yourself either three years of famine or three months to be swept away by your foes while the sword of your enemy overtakes you, or else three days of the sword of the Lord, even pestilence in the land, and the angel of the Lord destroying throughout the territory of Israel. Now therefore consider what answer I shall return to him who sent me. And David said to God, I am in great distress. Please let me fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are very great, but do not let me fall into the hand of man. So the Lord sent pestilence to Israel, 70,000 men of Israel fell, and God sent an angel to Jerusalem to destroy it. But as he was about to destroy it, the Lord saw and was sorry for the calamity and said to the destroying angel, it is enough. Now relax your hand. And the angel of the Lord was standing by the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite, and David lifted up his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord standing between the earth and heaven. With his drawn sword in his hand, stretched out over Jerusalem, David and the elders, covered with sackcloth, fell on their faces. David said to God, Is it not I who commanded to count the people? Indeed, I am the one who have sinned and done very wickedly. But these sheep, what have they done? O Lord, my God, please let your hand be against me and my father's household, not against your people, that they should be plagued. Verse 18, then the angel of the Lord commanded Gad to say to David that David should go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Onan, the Jebusite. So David went up at the word of Gad, which he spoke in the name of the Lord. 
Now Onan turned back and saw the angel, and the four sons who were with him hid themselves. And Ornan was threshing wheat. And David came to Ornan, and Ornan looked at David and went out from the threshing floor and prostrated himself before David with his face to the ground. And David said to Ornan, Give me a site for this threshing floor that I may build on it an altar to the Lord for the full price you shall give it to me that the plague may be restrained with the people. Ornan said to David, Take it for yourself, and let my lord the, the king do what is good in his sight. See, I will give the oxen for burnt offerings and for the threshing sledges for wood and the wheat for the grain offering. I will give it all. But King David said to Ornan, No, but I will surely buy it for the full price. I will not take what is yours for the lord or burnt offerings, which cost me nothing. So David gave Ornan 600 shekels of gold by weight, for the site. Then David built an altar to the Lord there and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And he called to the Lord and he answered him with fire from heaven on the altar of the burnt offering. And the Lord commanded the angel and he put his sword back in his sheath. At that time when David saw that the Lord had answered him on the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite, he offered sacrifice there for the tabernacle of the Lord, which Moses had made in the wilderness. And the altar of burnt offerings, were in the high place at Gibeon at that time. But David could not go before it to inquire of the Lord, and he was terrified by the sword of the angel of the Lord. (laughs) I would be terrified, too, of one angel with a sword that could kill over 70,000 people. Uh, That's amazing. So, same story. Interesting, we have a different name for the guy who owned the field. Why is that? You tell me. This is one of the beauties of studying the Word of God. When you come across those things and you go, hey, how come is that going on? Sometimes God wants to use that very thing to draw you in, draw you into something he wants to show you, something that's a jewel, something special, precious. So I encourage you, look into that, and you come and tell me. God with us. God shall be with you. Genesis forty-eight twenty-one. Good old Jacob could no more be with Joseph, for his hour had come to die. But he had left his son without anxiety. For he said with confidence, God shall be with you. When our dearest relations or our most helpful friends are called home by death, we must console ourselves with the reflection that the Lord has not departed from us, but lives for us and abides with us forever. If God be with us, we are in ennobling company, even though we are poor and despised. If God be with us, we have all sufficient strength, for nothing can be too hard for the Lord. If God be with us, we are always safe, for none can harm those who walk under his shadow. What a joy we have here. Not only is God with us, but he will be with us, with us as individuals, with us as families, with us as churches. Is not the very name of Jesus Emmanuel, God with us? Is not this the best of all that God is with us? Let us be bravely diligent, joyously hopeful. Our cause must prosper. The truth must win, for the Lord is with those who are with him. All this day, may this sweet word be enjoyed by every believer who turns to faith's 
checkbook. No greater happiness is possible. And that's exactly what I was mentioning in the teaching on Wednesday again. That God is with us individually. He is with us as a church. He's with us as a church globally, as the bride of Christ. That he is God with us. What a beautiful sentiment. And we need to rejoice in God for that. God, we thank you for that. We thank you that you are the God who is with us even when those we love have to leave us and that we're never alone. And Father, there is so many people now after this last pandemic that have had to separate from their loved ones. And um, so many people have had to say goodbye. But now we realize, God, that this is the part of, of life. This is the part that you want us to now walk in faith, the faith, the kind of faith that David had to trust you and to put his faith in you against the darkness of the valley of the shadow of death and to be his Lord and his God and to guide us and direct us. And we thank you for the fellowship. We thank you that we can be rejoicing to know that you are with us. So God, continue that. And I pray a special prayer for all those who have lost loved ones this last couple of years, even four years, that you um, be continuing to draw closer and closer to them, that they would allow you in and not resist you. They would grow in confidence and in boldness, knowing that you always have a plan, that your plan is perfect, and they can trust it, and they can wait for it. They can wait for your completion of what you're doing in their lives. We know we're going to see our family and friends again those that have followed you and been faithful to you. And God, we rejoice over that. We thank you, God. Just give us that patience and give us the, the faith to continue on and the strength never to give up, but to see that you're holy and that you're loving and that you're in control. So thank you for that. And God, a special prayer for Juan Carlos as he's waiting now for a surgery, which I believe is coming up very, very soon. Um... I think in just a few more days, two or three more days. So, Father, we want to pray that you would be there for him, that he would be completely healed through the surgery, God. So thank you for what you're about to do in his life. And in the meantime, give him rest, pain-free sleep, the ability to wait upon you, the strength of a warrior. And we just trust, God, that you're going to do an amazing thing in his life. Thank you for Karen Skoog and her faith and her walk. Continue to be the God of her salvation. I want to keep her before you, God, knowing that she needs she needs your strength today, as well as all those dealing with the cancer treatments or dealing with the surgery, an ongoing issue going on in their lungs or their hips or whatever is not functioning. Give them this day the, the ability to trust you and to walk in your grace. We thank you for that. We do pray that you be, God, ministering to those that are in the hunger and those all across the world now that are coming to a, a very critical juncture as we see the, the food shortages that are beginning to happen all over the world and the increasing costs of um, buying food. And uh, we see the potential for a huge problem, God, coming on the horizon as well as these wars. So, Father, what we desire to do in our hearts is just prepare and be strong to put on our, our armor to know 
that that our days <laughs> that the days ahead of us are do not look right now like they're going to be easy but you can make us the people that help hold the line of truth and hold the line of faith and know that you have a plan and help us be those that give people understanding of your word pray that things went well for the evangelism team last night that they had a blessed time down on the Malakun God they were able to go down thank you for them thank you for all that happened and we do just continue to lift up our brothers and sisters God that are growing in their faith that are coming into a realization of who you are those new baby believers the people that were touched with the whosoever's God don't let that fall through the cracks don't let them be um, deceived again by the enemy let those young girls yet those young guys who have heard your word now be drawn to it and and hold on to it and not fall back into the lies and the deceptions of the enemy so god thank you for what you're doing we're excited to see what you're doing and we ask that you would guide us today at the mission guide renee as she plans for these the vbs and uh just prepares for all that you're going to be doing this weekend and sunday so we thank you for for everything and your love in jesus name amen that will do it for today so we will continue on tomorrow and press on through the word now we're in july so it's it's cranking up and we got uh there in the u.s going to be celebrating the fourth of july pretty quick that'll be exciting show some pictures down here <laughs> we we don't quite get to get to enjoy the fourth of july like you guys do but we do try and go have a hamburger or do something Anyway, it's, it's, it's always good. So let's, uh, let's all continue to stay in touch, be praying for the ministry, uh, the radio ministry, and uh, Manna for Breakfast, and let's keep sharing the Word of God with people. So God bless you all. Keep looking up. We will see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye.